Austin Theory might have lost everything the world thought he needed. He's going back for more. Someone stop him. From the looks of it, this is only the damn beginning. None of y'all can see this, but both of us have very admirable Conan O'Brien-like hairdos right now. <laughs> oh, God. Well, you yeah. had the hair flip going. I got kind of the the thing going right now. Yeah, that was a good look for you, man. Did you get a haircut? Right. I did. I yeah. had to get a haircut. Yeah. Yeah. How are <laughs> you, my friend? Well, all right. I'm still kind of recovering. My throat is messed up. And I still have a me too. Still have a bit of a lingering cough, but otherwise, it's all good, man. I'm pretty sure this is it. Everybody on Earth just is going to have a lingering cough by the time this is all done. We all thought that the next chain of evolution for humanity was going to be like you know something cool, like an extra arm or the ability to fly or something. Nope, everybody's just going to cough for the rest of their yeah, lives. Pretty, pretty much. That's, yeah, that's that's our generation. <laughs> that's what we brought in. Is there a reason for the haircut? Like, did you uh, have a no? I've I've. I've I actually wanted to get one last week, but like the the, the haircutting place was busy, so I'm like, all right. And then I just went yesterday, and I was like, all right, need a haircut now. The haircutting place. So is it a salon or is it a? No, no. I just go. I I just go to like First Choice or whatever it's called. You know. Well, free plug for them. I mean, I have a pretty basic haircut, so it's not like you know. You're you're rocking the hair drapes. Yeah, I don't need to go to like you know, a, a salon and pay a hundred bucks for hair. You saw, you saw Jonathan Taylor Thomas back in the home improvement days and said, that's for me. <laughs> that's for me. Oh, I, I got to tell you, man, mm. I really dug your interview with uh, Mike. Uh, I can't Except remember. Vivi. Yeah, that was really good, man. Really, really good. Thank you for saying that, because that reminds me that I was supposed to post that before this went up. And because <laughs> this raw was so bloody promo heavy uh my apologies patrons you'll be getting it tuesday instead of today before this because this is obviously up now and and uh yeah it's a great conversation i'm not even gonna do anything to it i'm not gonna edit it at all because we just kind of you know it's just a couple guys who love talking about wrestling shooting the poop and uh well what what i really appreciated about both of you actually was you know, you, you you mentioned the uh, the notion of wrestling tribalism and how well he's he's literally between two firms. Yeah, on this. yeah, like, exactly. Because he's on one side that associates obviously with Dave Meltzer and Wrestling Observer, and he's on the other side that associates, even though the Cornette Show isn't a part of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network, it kind of is because it's it's his own thing. But Brian Last, the guy that yeah, runs that yeah. thing, is is running the Arcadian Vanguard, which runs uh, the wrestling news. So it's kind of funny because I find myself in that same role sometimes because I know when I do the main show, there's some people that love and live by everything Dave says. And I know there's other people that are like, Ooh, uncle Dave, uncle Dave. And, and for me, I just use it as an opportunity to talk wrestling with a guy that's been following it for five decades. Yep. (laughs) So I don't care. And, And honestly, I, and I have reached out if I had the opportunity to have a Jim Cornette on the show, I would take it in a heartbeat. Why not? Because um, if, if you ever listen to him, if you get past the, the, the hatred, again, the tribalism, and I'm not saying I agree with everything the guy's ever said and ever done, but he could say the same thing about me. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we could all say the same thing about everybody. The amount of stuff in that man's brain is boggling. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's boggling. And that's the thing. I, I agree. Like, I don't 
I, I don't necessarily, I'm not the biggest Jim Cornette fan. Right. But having said that, like you would be an idiot to not respect what is in that guy's brain from a wrestling historian perspective. And like, I've listened to some old podcasts with like, like for example, when he was on the Steve Austin podcast years ago and right. And, and he would just talk about like, you know, old school mid South wrestling and, and, and the midnight express and all the wrestling stories that he knows. It's like, you know, as a, as an older fan, I appreciate and I respect all of that. Uh, And it's like, he's the dude's a dude's amazing from that perspective. So I've talked about a lot, how I listen to everybody and I really do try and listen to as much everybody as I can. So uh, a lot of wrestling observer live uh, and figure four weekly, right. That, that happens between Brian and, and Mike and, and those hosts. And when Meltzer's on there, sure. I mean, I have the luxury of having Dave on our show every week, which is great. So that becomes listening with conversation. I listen to a lot of Cornette. I listen to, uh, I've had Keller on there, Sam Roberts on there, busted open. Like, I mean, I'm trying to survey and scan everything. Plus I have a job. You know, like yeah, I have, yeah, yeah. I have a monicum of a life outside of all this, but when Agnew gave me the helm to this, I was like, I'm going to make sure I know what everybody's talking about as well as I can. And when Semper Vivian crew showed up with the wrestling news, I was like, thank God, <laughs> because I had actually asked Agnew about doing this, and Boris and I had talked about it for a bit. Like I wanted to do more breaking news stuff and that was back right. when i wasn't doing much else uh now that i am very busy again i realize i don't have the i don't have the time span to do a, a daily news update so that's why i wanted to bring the five count into the show just because okay let's talk about all the crap that happened this week and let's try and pick the five biggest right and that's what the five count became so you know having mike on talking about his vision for that and i think there's a lot of people who have tried to do it these guys have got a format. It's great. I love the soft jazz. The <laughs> that, even, actually, that, they, even that was impressive because, like, <laughs> you know, like he was like because you know a lot of a lot of wrestling music is like you know kind of that 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 heavy rock type stuff, and you know it's like, hey, is that is that jazz? What, yeah, what's yeah. going? Because like, I mean, as a like like when I was taking guitar lessons for a while, I, I actually took jazz lessons, so oh, nice. I I appreciate. The fact that they're, you know, like the fact that he actually said, yeah, you know, John Coltrane and Miles Davis. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> this <Yeah>. is awesome. <laughs> yeah. And and the funny thing is, too, I haven't heard back from him yet, but I did extend their riff to uh, do the intro. But it was like I I almost felt like sacrilegious doing it. But I was like, I, I want this to keep playing under the intro. So I did. Um, but even getting him to send me that, I was like, OK, that's that's the signature for this. The, the wrestling news segment like that's that's what makes it what it is that's their that's their hook you know much like if i had bread on tomorrow i'd be playing his music or if you know what i i have to tell you this we i don't have it in the can yet so i don't want to guarantee it but uh a very well-known ecw alumni might be on the main show this week oh nice uh and i'm talking original ecw alumni <laughs> oh talking, wow okay wow. yeah <laughs> so I, i'm not talking uh I'm not talking WWE CW, nothing against WWE CW, but yeah, a very well-known name that's uh, possibly going to be on the show here. We're supposed to do it on Wednesday, so uh, oh, good, good spoiler good alert for the main show. Yeah, uh, hey man, luck is for losers, right? But um, I'm looking forward to it. If it happens, then zang, it'll be great because I got a lot of questions for this guy. So Nice. That's your hint. It's a guy. 
Sorry, no Bula McCulley, no Francis. <laughs> no, come on, Wanalea. Um, enough talking about how great we are with our own show and stuff, but I, I did get a shot in for, for Tuesday Morning Cooks, and I said, you know, I do happen to host the best damn raw interview on the internet, which I, I don't know. I was thinking about making that a t-shirt, but we'll see. <laughs> I still have that first one that I sent you that I, I haven't told anybody about yet that I want to send out, and we'll see if we can get that one. Should we? Okay, let me add and. To the three of you that comment on these on a regular basis, if we put out a Tuesday morning cook shirt that wasn't just the giant Tuesday morning cook logo, I'm not going to tell you what's on it until we release it. Would you buy it? Would you ask someone for that for the holidays? Would you say, hey, that's what I want? So let me uh, ask you that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do, do you remember the shirt, Joe? Do you remember what I'm talking about? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 It had six letters in it. Oh, right, right. remember yes. that one now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, no, I it's 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 yeah. not. And the shirt is not. How is your wife's new boyfriend? Joe? I know, I my, know. That would be my second shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my second shirt choice. Oh, <laughs> and then, uh, uh, oh, you're thinking. I know what you're thinking of. You're thinking of Abs Winaldo. That should also be a shirt. No, that should not be a shirt. That We're should, not there yet. Okay, wait. Okay, I'm gonna release one shirt. I'm gonna talk to the guys at Baller Gear. So okay. those of you listening. Do you want the mystery shirt with the logo that that it'll be a small logo, but it'll be something else that looks kind of cool and you can wear it anywhere. I want to wear a shirt that you can wear anywhere. Okay. Yeah. I don't want it to be a cheesy wrestling shirt. It's going to, it's going to be something to be like, Oh, what does that mean? And then you can tell your friends, Oh, it's the show I listen to. You should listen to it too. It's Tuesday <laughs> morning cooked. It's great. These two dweebs from across the country host it, but they're awesome. Cause it's the best damn raw review on the internet or, there you go. or, would you like the abs Winaldo shirt <laughs> where it's basically like baseball script, you know, like a baseball team script yeah. and it's abs hyphen Winaldo <laughs> or, or third one, um, something to do with serviceable, in which case Joe would get all the money on that one. Oh, no, <laughs> and I would get none, even though I'll do all the work. So those are your choices. Vote for the mystery shirt, but, <laughs> <laughs> so let us know what you think i'll i'll put a i'm not gonna put a poll up i would say no, this, is this. this is the, your poll is the comment section of of this post so there you go on the facebook page facebook.com slash snme radio but yeah i i think i think it'd be fun because i mean i've seen you know like how many guys are oh you weren't at the thing but like there's so many wrestling podcasts and so many people that make their own shirts and no offense to you if you do I know we have Sunday night's main event shirts out there. I still don't own one yet, by the way. Um, Jason, <laughs> like he's listening. Um, but, <laughs> but would you buy or would you wear a, a wrestling shirt that that only insinuated your favorite podcast or your raw podcast you're listening to right now? <laughs> because I've I've bought shirts from podcasts I like. Uh, crime and sports and small town murder that I have a shirt. This is yay. Yay. Indeed. Which is a, a catchphrase from their show. Right. And I think one person has figured out what the shirt is. I've worn it everywhere, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. Yeah. Either way, Joe, I'm, I'm going to buy you one of, of the one that I've designed. That's my gift to you this holiday season. All right. Well, then I'll get you an SNM. <laughs> <laughs> No way, no way. The only person, the only person who's allowed to spend money on an SNME logo shirt for me has to have the surname of Agnew. All right, and first name Jason. Keep that in mind. <laughs> Shout out to our friends at Baller Gear, by the way. 
Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, nothing else crazy in life. Is your house put together yet? It's winter now. Like, oh, okay. So the ongoing saga. Um, they were supposed to come today, but um, were they supposed to come last Thursday? Y- yeah, but we had. Anyways, they were supposed to come today. And, was it the, was uh, it the vid? Was that that was the I, one I don't, again? I don't know. I don't know if it was the vid. Like okay. they had, they had guys out sick, okay. right? Right. So, and I was like, I'm trying to find out from the contractor today, like if they're coming, because I actually really had to go into the office like today. Mm-hmm. So I called the dude. And I'm like, hey man, like are you guys coming? And he and I could kind of tell that he was, he was like. It's like, oh, sorry, man. Like, we're still waiting for your part. And like, guys called in sick. So he's snowing you. He's snowing you is what he's doing. He's blowing. No, 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 no. Like, I'm, 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 I'm actually like, it sounded like he was really stressed about this. Right. And I'm like, look. Yeah. Because you caught him. You caught him showing that he's not showing up and he didn't bother telling you. Well, and and then I told him. That's what's stressing him out. Oh, crap. He is expecting us after all. Well, then I was like, well, look, like I, I got to go to the office. So if you got if you got guys out sick and you don't have our parts, just come Thursday. I'll be home Thursday. Sophie, right. my wife will be home Thursday. And he's like, oh, OK, yeah. And will you can your boyfriend be there anyway. Sorry, uh, no, I don't, I don't. I don't know about that. <laughs> but but you could hear him like you could hear him audibly go like, you know, oh, thank, thank you. God. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm cool. I like because I this week at work is insane. So I, I was desperately trying to get out, but I was going to stay home if they were going to be here. Right. Um, so anyways, the, the short answer to your question is no, we don't have a house yet, but we're, we're getting that. Gotcha. Are, are you at least cooking in your kitchen yet? No, not yet. And you wash dishes in your dishwasher yet? No, not yet. Why do you have all this stuff then? <laughs> was your well, old kitchen really that bad, Joe? Now that you think about it, was it really that bad? Actually, to be honest, yes. Like now that we've seen, now that we've seen the new kitchen, I'm okay. I'm okay with the rentals. We're good. Can't use it. None of it. Or you might as well just have a kitchen at IKEA where everything's just yeah. Pretty, show. Yeah, we have an IKEA kitchen right now. Yeah. That's actually a very good description of our. You could have you could have the the toilets at Home Depot and just can't use them. <laughs> at least you shouldn't use them. All right there, you go. Well, I'm sorry to hear that you're still. Yeah, are, are you gonna have this by Christmas at least, like by the holiday season? Like, I'm hoping by end of November, man. <laughs> like, I, I, it's I, November now. Well, here's the thing: like, our, <laughs> it's almost mid-November. It's our, mid-November in like, well, where you are, it is mid-November now. Yeah. Well, we 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 still we still owe them some money for the reno, but we we don't pay them until they finish. So it, they have a vested interest in getting done if they want to get paid. That's what it comes down to. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad they didn't take your money and run like no, no, I no, had no, happened to no. me. So, um, but yeah, okay. Let me ask you this now too. So I, <laughs> because I live in the world of wrestling now, and that's all I care about, and that's all I want to listen to. Um, I don't pay attention to a ton of the news, but at work today, uh, our facility we still request that people wear masks just because of the volume of people that come in, and they're only there for a couple minutes, and then whatever. And we provide all the masks and everything else. But I heard somebody today say, at least we're not like those people in Ontario. So what's going on there? And I don't want to turn this into a, please don't, if you're commenting, like, don't turn this into a mask and pandemic and all this stuff. I'm, I'm just generally curious. I had heard that your top doctor was worried about numbers of all sorts of cases rising again. So what's the, what's the scenario there? Uh, long and short of it, because I don't quite get that comment, but long and short of it, I think they're recommending masks, but they're stopping short of 
you know, wanting to put a mask mandate in. Oh, nobody's going to do a mask mandate again. No, no. And that's the thing. Like, like I, I, that would be like, that would be like last resort and it would have to be pretty bad. So I, I think like they're, they're, the cases are spiking for kids specifically. Oh no. And, okay. and they have, they have recommended that we start masking up in certain areas like schools and stuff. Right. But that, that's really, I mean, that's it. <laughs> like, like, but I, but I also think it's like our work, for example, we still have mask requirements in certain areas. Right? right. So I think, I think we're probably still a little more stringent than say out West, but I mean, it's not, it's not like, you know, it's like you have to wear a mask to go to a restaurant. We're not there yet. So. Okay. Good. Good. And, and again, guys, I'm, I'm not asking for any other reason other than just general curiosity. Cause I didn't understand that comment either. And maybe the guy was just, you know, everybody's looking for a reason to, to get mad about stuff. So that's, that's, yeah, the, it, that's it, the end of our mask conversation. That's, that's it. Yeah, like, and and again, it it is what it is, right? Yeah. But yeah, there's there's no mandates, there's no none okay. of that stuff, and you know, just, I think I think we're I'm just good. wondering what do I got to pack for my next visit more than anything <laughs> when when I come to Ontario again to get attempted murdered by Boris, Angel- <laughs> Boris, Roberto. I almost called him Boris Aguinaldo for a second there. That's how <laughs> Boris Roberto Aguilar who damn near killed me when I stayed in his place indirectly <laughs> by way of his drywallers. Uh, <laughs> you'll have to go back a couple episodes if you don't get that joke. But um, yeah, I just wanted to know what I got to pack and if I got to bring extra those things. So anyway, cool. Um, I don't want to take too much more time here, but I did want to tell you uh, I got to be a part of something cool. The University of Saskatchewan Huskies won their Hardy Cup which is oh. the Canada West football championship. Nice. Thankfully, it was not as cold uh, that game as it was the week before. The week before, that was the one where we were like, um, you know, 70, 80 kilometer an hour winds and the blizzards and everything else going on while they were playing. Um, I guess that was a lot of running game that game. <laughs> <laughs> it was, a, you know what it was? It was a lot of why are we here? <laughs> that was, <laughs> And I, I don't mean the football game and I don't mean the football players. It was, why are we in Saskatchewan? Why, why is anybody here? Really? You know, this should, you know what this place should be? And I, I, whatever, I don't care. This whole region should be theme parks, <laughs> just theme parks, nothing but roller coasters. Move Canada's wonderland here. You know, move everything here. Make Disney Canada. And then in the winter, just shut it all down. <laughs> and everybody go back to your warmer, more reasonable places to live. And there's going to be people live here be like, how dare you? I wouldn't leave here. Probably because you've never left here. That's why. But I'll go ahead and say it. That is the option. That is the answer. That is the plan. If I'm king, for the, king of Canada for the day, I will choose to turn most of the prairies into... Wheat production farms, cattle farms, and theme parks. Amusement parks. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And then and then Fimble Winter comes, Dude. and away we go. Dude, we could have actual cow days like they had in South Park. <laughs> Be amazing, right? Right, just me. Anyway, so I did that. Um, there was something else kind of fun I was going to tell you about, but I can't remember it now. So are, I'm are, 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 are you a, are you a gamer? I am, but my, so A, I don't have a PS5. 
um, because I'm I don't PS5, <laughs> but B my PS4. You might remember we talked about this before. My PS4 has died a miserable death. And oh, I'm, I'm waiting to replace right. it because I, if you remember, I have like 3% of red dead two to finish 3%. <laughs> Three. I'm, ta- I'm talking about all the bonus features, all the, every little hidden mission and everything. 3%. Oh, so you're almost platinum. You you almost yeah. platinum this game. Yeah. So I gotta I gotta download that drive, put it onto a new one, and uh, and then get a new machine to finish that. And it's driving me crazy. But I I've had other things to do the last couple months, as you know. So, uh, you know, PS4 can wait. But you're you're all over God of War. Oh, dude. Yeah. Like I was I was playing it during the commercials, watching Ross, and or as I call it, the Eric from. The Viking Raiders game. <laughs> <laughs> There's that too. <laughs> yeah, I, I got it. I got it on the day it was released, and uh, I'm I've been binging it for the last yeah you know, for the last little while. So again, we must ask Joe, how is your wife's new boyfriend? Because <laughs> your new boyfriend lives in your TV screen. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was that way. I was that way with Red Dead. I one series of games I can't play unless you unless I have like a couple weeks off. Literally, it's Far Cry. Oh, like, I've never played that. Oh, the, late, the latest Far Cry that came out with uh, the dude that plays. Oh, uh, the guy from, uh, Break, from Breaking uh, Bad. From Breaking Bad. Yeah, Call yeah. Saul. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I haven't even bought that one because if I do, no podcasts are getting done. No radio shows <laughs> are getting done. No work is getting done. And by the way, may I mention, I have never taken a week off of this show since taking it over, except for, and by that I mean SNME, but I have, I've only taken one week off on this here show ever. I've missed one scheduled program that I'm supposed to do in the year almost that I've been with SNME. And I'll tell you right now, if I get Far Cry 6, (laughs) you might as well file a missing person report now. Because I will be gone. <laughs> I keep that in mind. <laughs> or, or if someone does call the police for a welfare check, like, no, 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 I know where he is. I know where he is. Yeah, just, yeah, just leave him alone. He's, yeah. he's, he's in the middle of stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Far, Far Cry and more, and and Red Red Dead are two games that I I have wanted to play. I just haven't had a chance. Red Dead is so much fun. Red Dead is so much fun. Um, it lives up to the hype. Uh, Far Cry is a trip. Far Cry is always a trip. Nice. Every every game is a, even. I'll, I'll even stand up for Far Cry Primal, which was a game where your only abilities and weapons were that of a caveman. <laughs> okay, and it was in prehistoric times. Yeah, so and you don't speak right. any languages. It's just a bunch of. Uh, 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 uh. I I have an idea of what I'm asking for Christmas from the boys. So there you go. Yeah. There you go. So you'll have your mystery T-shirt from me and uh, that. So if anybody wants to buy me a PS4, by the way, I'll even take a refurbished one. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I? Can I? Sorry, guys. Can I give a Run Club update? Because I'm so damn proud of these guys. Yeah, go for it, man. Um, so for those who don't know, I, I host a Run Club called the Back of the Pack Running Club, and it's made for big dudes like me that don't look like runners uh, or people that haven't run in a long time. And my crew are we're now getting into the the long continuous run phase. Oh, nice. So we're up to 20 minutes now, uh, which is a big deal because they came from, you know, walking four and a half minutes, running 30 seconds, repeat. Uh, but they just did 45 minutes of uh, walk run intervals, and that puts them over their official 5K training. And that happens every time we do this. But 
this crew did it in snow and ice oh. and and killed it and crushed it. So there's uh, some math out there that says if you equate running one kilometer in the conditions we were in, it works out to about a kilometer and a half to two kilometers training. So I told them they did, you know, you guys did seven and a quarter basically worth of work. And wow. they're beside they're bes- they're beside themselves, right? So shout out to the Run Club crew. Hell yeah. And that's none of them listen to this show, but I wanted to share that because I was damn proud of these people and I gotta tell somebody. So but but, but but I mean, like, <clears throat> you know, having done that kind of stuff that, you know, that that first time you you run that distance, like you're like, wow, I, I did it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's the best feeling. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. You know what else is a great feeling? Watching Monday that? Night Raw. <laughs> Joe, are you ready to go on a trip? Let's go on a trip. Let's go on a trip. Joe, it's funny that we started off talking a little bit about Jim Cornette because we are actually in the home of one James E. Cornette in Louisville, Kentucky. I had to listen twice over to them say the name of this arena because <laughs> I heard it. And to bring back the old champ, I says, pardon. It was the KFC Yum Center. Now, Yum Foods owns like KFC, Taco Bell couple other ones and and then they're part of pepsi which basically is part of the reason why fat guys like me are fat but hey love it anyways especially if they want to sponsor this show oh yeah actually in fact uh, oh, i yeah. i i had craving for kfc so i bought it yesterday wow and yeah. and how'd you feel remembering that we're trying to get a sponsorship now as of three seconds ago it was amazing i love <laughs> kfc <laughs> You're such a whore. <laughs> that's me. Yeah, that's me, Herc. That's me. Okay. We are at the KFC Yum Center. Uh, tickets available for this 7,278. They said 6,902 were distributed. This is according, of course, to Twitter.com slash WrestleTicks. We have advertised on the show tonight. Seth freaking Rollins will defend his U.S. title against Finn Balor in a rematch for the first ever Universal Championship way back when it was a red belt and everybody booed the belt more than they cared about the match. Remember that? Mm -hmm. I do. Those were the days. Uh, The Miz will be issuing a public apology tonight, (laughs) which I have a time count on, by the way. All right. Not of the segment. Stay tuned. (laughs) Okay. And what was originally going to be a tag team match between Matt Riddle and Elias versus Alpha Academy is now going to be Chad Gable taking on Matt Riddle. Uh, Apparently, Elias is off booking venues and printing tickets because he has agreed to form a band with Matt Riddle now and by no means actually has any illness or injury of any kind. No, not at all. I actually haven't checked. Have you? Did you find out what's going on with Elias? No, but I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll take a look. If you'd like to, I'm going to go ahead and start with the, the show here. We start off with hearing the sultry tunes of Burn It Down. And Seth freaking Rollins enters the arena wearing Charlotte Flair's hair and a tie-dyed version of Brother Love suit. We get a recap of Ali challenging Seth last week for the United States Open Championship. By the way, I wish you weren't looking things up because I thought that was damn funnier than uh, the no reaction it got. Tie-dye brother <laughs> loves suit. Come on, man. Charlotte Flair's hair. This is all good stuff. <sighs> I like the I like those glasses. Well, <laughs> that's the one thing I was trying to pick. Somebody famous wore glasses like that, and I'm trying to remember who the heck it was. 
Jackie Kennedy? I don't know. <laughs> that's kind of what I was thinking too. I was thinking like, oh, okay, because um, because that's that's who it reminded me yeah, of. Yeah, it was like Southern Jackie glasses. O glasses, right? Yeah. Anyway, we get a recap of Ali uh, getting his ass handed to him, and then uh, Austin Theory failing to cash in, which would turn out to be a huge threat of the show later on. Ooh, big time. But we have to start with Seth Rollins in the ring. He says, Kentucky, welcome to Monday Night Rollins. I am a visionary. I'm a revolutionary. I am Seth. The crowd finishes it. Freaking Rollins. <laughs> and he says, by the hair on my chinny chin chin, I am still your United States champion. Thank you, Bobby. Last week was crazy. Last week was wild. I put one little open challenge into the universe, and I have people coming out of me out of the woodwork, or people coming at me out of the woodwork. People coming out of me would be a totally different gimmick. And he mentions Finn Balor, Mustafa Ali, the almighty himself, Bobby Lashley, and for the first time ever, Austin Theory tried to cash in his Money in the Bank contract on my United States Championship. Uh, that begins to get a chant from the crowd saying, that was stupid. <laughs> Seth says, look, I'm sure he'll be out here later. You guys can tell him how stupid he is then. Uh, but something seems different about the United States Championship as of late. And he says, oh, yeah, it's me. Now that I'm the United States Champion, this is the top prize on Monday nights right here in the main event. We're going to add to my legacy as United States Champion when I go one-on-one -on -one with a former friend, a former foe, a Finn, a Balor. Did you uh, manage to find anything about Elias? No, not okay. yet. All right, don't worry about it. We'll move on. I'm sure it'll come out tonight or tomorrow. Okay. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Bobby enters like a baby face. Bobby's pumping his fists again. Bobby's <laughs> got a microphone. Bobby is here. Bum, bum. Oh, Seth, the visionary. Last week, I turned little selfie boy into a punchline. That little beatdown I gave you last week is going to continue until I get my United States Championship back. Uh, to which Seth says, Big Bob, you had your opportunity last week, but instead of a match, you thought it would be better to take my soul from my body. It was that uh, that whole Doctor Strange moment, right? Where he pushes Peter Parker out of, uh, of Spider-Man's body sort of moment, you know? Uh, anyway, he says, I might have to do... You didn't see Spider-Man, did you? I did not. Oh, my gosh. That total blank look I got back from Joe says that uh, he has not seen No Way Home. Oh my gosh. Okay. I, I'm not a Spider-Man guy. Holy shnikes. Yeah, Dan and I have had arguments about this already. <laughs> you mean Dan, who has like 40 Spider-Man figures in his kitchen over his sink? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. I, really? Yeah, I just, I've never been a Spider-Man, dude. Hmm. Like, I've seen all the Marvel movies. Okay. Except for the Spider-Man ones. Okay, now we got a problem here. <laughs> like, and, and don't get if me wrong. You're, if you're telling... Hold on. All right. If you're telling me that you saw Black Widow or whatever the hell other... You know, did they make a Hawkeye movie yet? I just watched the the TV shows. Oh, son of a bitch. It's a TV show. I forgot. Yeah. 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 No. And you, you haven't. You, wow. You know, I'm going to just go ahead and say it. Joe, <laughs> give Pete a chance. All I'm saying is give Pete a chance. 
I, I, I will, I will try to watch the Spider-Man movies before the end of the year. And I'll all we back. are saying is give Pete a chance. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You don't have to watch all of them. Maybe just the last three. Or no, I, I have to watch the, uh, like the, the ones with, um, what's the dude's name? Tom Holland. I got to watch those. Ones. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Okay, back to Seth Rollins. He says, Bobby, your temper seems to have gotten the best of you as late. It might have to do with that loss you suffered at Crown Jewel, too. And then he tries his best Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar. And then enter Ali with a referee like he's he's cashing in his own money in the bank, except he's not. Uh, Ali doesn't have a microphone, but Bobby says, hey, remember that beatdown I gave you last week? It will pale in comparison to what I do to you this week. Let's start using your head and make some smart decisions. I like how he's now talking to him like a kid that's, you know, like, you know, okay. okay. You realize you can't make that that shot from the blue lines. You got to make smart decisions now, move in closer to the net, right? You know, or, or like someone who eats horribly. And it's like, okay, time to make some smart decisions here. You need to walk out of here before I hurt you. <laughs> that's the that's the triple Baconator talking to me right now. <laughs> I love the triple baconator. Oh, of course you do. <laughs> so abs, good. Abs Winaldo gets a vote. No, no. They get, because I eat them, I don't have abs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Seth even says to Ali, that's a fair point. But Ali stands there for a second and goes, yeah, I'm not going to listen to you guy who's six times my size. And he enters the ring to attack. But Bobby tosses him out of the ring immediately. Bobby says, that's going to serve as a reminder to anyone that gets in the way of me and my United States title. To which Seth says, it's not your title. Ali then attacks and gets tossed over the ropes. Again, Bobby says, look, kid, I don't know if you're stupid or if you have a lot of guts, but either way, you're starting to piss me off. If you want to come in here and get an ass whooping, Ali, I'll invite you to, but it's not going to be pretty. Bobby has a giant mark on his peck taped up, by yeah, the way. Yeah, what what was that? <laughs> it it looks like it was a cut of some kind. Yeah. Um, And they've got that, that, that like that tight, you know, not stitching, but that bandage, that film. On, I don't know. I don't want to suspect what it is, but it looked painful either way. It Yeah, know. it did not look fun at all. Yeah. So I hope he's all right either way. Uh, obviously, he is. He's in there doing what he does. But it looks like we have Ali and Bobby Lashley next. That takes us to our first break. Uh, any thoughts on Technicolor tie-dyed Rollins today? I I, I like the suit. Yeah, I like the hair. I mm-hmm. like I love the sunglasses. Um, I I like the idea of having multiple challengers for Seth. I think that's pretty yeah. cool. Like he mentioned it in his promo, but it's he, like he's okay. a good guy now, right? He's he's a good well, guy now. Okay, I, I'm going to say that they're they're doing the slow burn here, and we'll see that more as the show goes on. But like, how is this helping Ali? <laughs> like, oh, it's, it's not. But he, like, he's getting like. First of all, he's coming. He's coming across as like a like a child, and then second of all, he's like getting beat the cra- like you know Lashley's beat the crap out of him. So I'm just like, yeah, this is not helping Ali at all. You know, you know what this is doing? This is getting him in and out of the SmackDown World Cup tournament very quickly, right? Because he's got that match against Ricochet on Friday. Yep, and it's going to be like, well, he's still he's still licking his wounds after getting decimated by Lashley, and and that'll. You know, but they're they're making him a scrappy competitor, right? You need that scrappy little guy. And we got a couple of those tonight, as a matter of fact. So I, I see it helping. I mean, it's TV time. He doesn't look terrible. Yeah, like, you I, know, 
I, I, I get it. But like at, at this point, he's been beat up in the back, thrown into a whole bunch of crates. Well, beat up as we're about to see, you know, in the next segment. Um, I don't know. Like, I just like I feel bad for him. I, I don't know if this is helping him other than he's getting TV time. Hey, man, and people still remember Spike Dudley. OK, that's true. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm not saying that he's a Spike Dudley by any means. I'm just saying that if he's not going to go in there and be the ultra amazing replacement for Rey Mysterio or an ultra amazing, really good wrestler, which he could be and should be, frankly, at least he's being remembered for something. And he's he's in there as a scrappy guy that won't take no for an answer. And remember, he didn't submit the referee ended the match for him. Right. So. Spoiler alert to the end of this match, by the way. <laughs> but if that was a spoiler alert, welcome to wrestling. Um, this is your first time clearly watching or listening about it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we get the match. It starts off with Ali attacking with a running drop kick. Uh, some fists get in there, but he gets tossed to the outside again. Bobby follows Ali to the outside, but since he sees it, he can't wait to slam his own face into the ring post. So Bobby lets Ali shove him into the ring post. <laughs> this is the running thing with Lashley is that he'll always find the ring post and he'll always eat it. Uh, Ali tries to get a chin lock on Bobby, but Bobby sees that ring post again and says, hey, Ali, you got to see what it's like to get your head rammed into this thing. So he puts him over his shoulders and does just that. <laughs> Bobby, then, <laughs> Bobby then tosses Ali over the commentary table. Ali is struggling as Kevin Patrick says that he could get counted out. Remember, he has a match on SmackDown for the World Cup. To which Lashley then watches Ali get in and, and drops Ali one more time. The ref is now offering to stop the match, but Ali doesn't want it stopped. See, this is where the scrappy little guy that doesn't quit starts coming in. Uh, Ali catches Bobby with an elbow, but gets caught in a cross body, which Bobby catches and turns into a spine buster. Uh, the ref tries to stop the match again, but Ali takes another spine buster. Bobby tries a spear on Ali, but Ali manages to get out of the way by putting his feet up over the top ropes. And Bobby posts himself. Again, Bobby Lashley loves ring posts. <laughs> Ali gets up, manages to get a tornado DDT on Lashley, but Lashley springs back up, spears Ali, and follows with the hurt lock. And we, meanwhile, Kevin Patrick is saying, Oh, I talked to Bobby Lashley earlier, and all he said is all I want to do is hurt people. Well, I guess he did because he actually beat Ali again, like we said, uh, by having Ali pass out and referee stoppage. So that is your first match. Uh, Joe? That was all right. Serviceable. Ooh, I'll call it that. All right. Okay. Fair I'll, enough. I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll ask you the same question that you asked about Seth. Is, yeah. is, is Bobby Lashley a, a bad guy? Not yet. Okay. Because like, I, I, I like the crowd seemed to be into him. Like people cheered him when he came out. He still kind of does some babyface stuff when he comes out and pumps his fists a little bit. So I'm just kind of wondering when Omos gets back from Nigeria, because he's over there with the WWE African talent search thing right now. Right. But when he gets back from Nigeria and MVP is there, if I don't see the hurt business by the new year, I'm going to be very, very sad. Cause right. I want the, I, I think this is what it's leading to. Okay, because Bobby, Bobby needs something. Right. And I'm not saying Bobby needs the faction, but the faction needs Bobby. And the faction needs MVP and have Omos in there as the heavy hitter. You know what I mean? Like, like Bobby's the power. 
Omos is the 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 overall strength, like the the size and the fear and everything else. He's your and heater. Then, yeah, and then you got the yeah. technicians in yep. uh, Shelton and Cedric, right? Speaking and speaking of, Shel- speaking of Shelton, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Uh, Kathy Kelly is now backstage and brings in the OC with Mia Yim. AJ is there and says that we've even the odds and solved our Rhea problem. So bring it, boys. Uh, Gallows says that he's the reason Mia Yim decided to team up with the OC because he has a way with the women folk. His words, not mine. <laughs> AJ then says the Judgment Day have been a thorn in his side since WrestleMania. Because he wouldn't join them, AJ then challenges Finn Balor to a one-on-one match at Survivor Series to settle this once and for all. Carl Anderson then says AJ will handle his business at Survivor Series, just like Mi Chin pointing at Mia Yim. And Mia Yim says, yeah, it's kind of a nickname. Mi Chin means crazy in Korean. But boys, I'm about to go to the ring. So head back to the dojo, keep the beers on ice so we can celebrate afterwards. They throw up the two sweet, and then as Mia walks off, Gallows, this is, I actually really enjoy this. And I know people are either love or hate when it comes to, um, when it comes to Gallows and Anderson, but Gallows is hilarious. He's standing there and he's justifying his ability to woo women. He says, well, you know, historically speaking, (laughs) and that's how they fade out. I just. If you've ever listened to their podcast, the Good Brothers podcast back in the day, when they would have, uh, they called him Uncle AJ on Raw tonight, but they yeah, would yeah. have Uncle Alan. Uh, you know, it's it's ridiculousness, and I enjoy ridiculousness as well. So, well, I remember when they when they would do like talk and shops on Jericho. That's what I mean. Was, yeah, it yeah, was yeah. just all voices and yeah. You know, what? <laughs> um, like I think Gallows did did a like a lucha guy once. I can't remember the the, the name. <laughs> like those podcasts were just yeah. insane. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, is that Gallows has all the wrestling impressions that a lot of us have. Like he's got the Austin. Yep. He does a, He does a okay Howard Finkel. Right? Yeah, I think does and, he do? He does Penzer as well, right? Yeah, but but yeah. his his Howard Finkel is hilarious. Like, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> coming down the aisle. <laughs> I would do it a lot louder, but again, I like the people that live above me now, so I'm not going to. That's fair. Okay, segment three. Hey, Joe, there's a hot new song out. It's the theme for Survivor Series this year. It's by a band called Black Sabbath. I think that's what they're called anyways. And the song is called War Pigs. And it's on an album called Paranoid, which is available now on Apple Music and Spotify. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, in For- case in case you don't have an uncle with the CD and record and tape and T-shirt. And- so so I I love that album. Yeah. I grew, I grew up with that album. Uncle Joe, but- for example. But but it's just so weird to hear them say, yeah, and it's available on Apple. And that was the part that threw me off too, right? Oh my god! The only worst part about this, Corey Graves says, one of the greatest albums of all time, and Kevin Patrick says, never heard of it. Oh, like dude, <laughs> instant heat, big instant time. Heat. Oh my and god! That was if horrible. you're listening and you've never heard of that album, that's fine. You're not Kevin 50. Patrick on Raw. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. And apparently, you've never been around a classic radio station in your life, a classic yes. rock radio station yeah. ever in the history of the universe. <laughs> because when I was on the rock station here, man, geez, you need a you need a you know a poop break. Oh, there's War Pig. See you later. 
<laughs> you come back, you know, 10, 15 minutes later. All right, we're done. I uh, I used to love playing the drums to that song, too. Of course you do. It's a great song. It is an awesome song. And you're a great drummer. All right. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I was putting you over. Just take the take the love. Okay. Mia Yim makes her way to the arena. We get a recap of Mia's raw debut against the OC as they dropped Judgment Day last week. And the match is Mia Yim versus Tamina. And as that's starting, Dom and Mommy make their way to the ring. Tamina it takes advantage of the distraction and beats down Mia, but misses the Superfly splash. This match could have been over that soon, Joe. Yep. But it wasn't. Uh, Mia gets up, hits a series of blows on Tamina. They're laying their stuff in, too, which is great. I I always knew Mia Yim was was like tough, and she liked that that harder style. But seeing her in there with Tamina was like, oh, yeah, they're they're laying their stuff in tonight. Tamina gets an uppercut while Damage Control is watching the match from backstage. Mia slides out of a Samoan drop position and then hits Eat Defeat, which <laughs> is that move where they pull the pull the arm so your face is driven towards the foot. So you basically get a, a mouthful of foot. And uh, she gets the win on Tamina. Rhea looks like she's about to enter the ring to face off against Mia Yim, but walks away to get the booze. And then we go backstage again where... Matt Riddle, he's walking around, hitting his bongos, walks into Kathy Kelly, who says, hey, where's Elias? Bro, Elias is booking our gigs. He's agreed to be in a band with me, so he's thinking of tickets, merch, and then all of a sudden, sheesh. Yeah, it happens. The one and only Chad Gable walks in with Otis by his side. All of a sudden, we get, bro, shoosh, bro, <laughs> shoosh, bro, shoosh, bro, shoosh. This is happening. The match is coming up later on tonight, as we know. Otis, though, is slowly turning into the old Otis during this entire promo. I'm not going to go word forward on this thing, but anytime Otis talks now, he's... He's being old Otis again. Yes, he is. But he's is. doing it as a heel, and it's so much fun to watch. Oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Maybe that's what's opened the show tonight. I don't know. I, whatever clip we used, maybe that's it. Maybe not. Because there was, there was a lot of really usable stuff tonight. Okay, we go to our next break, Joe. Um, I want to get to... Uh, this match here between Gable and Riddle. So we'll just blow through all this and then I'll get your thoughts on this match because, I mean, this was this was huge, in my opinion, right. anyway. Uh, so segment four starts. Backstage, Jam and Control welcome Mia Yim back to WWE. They say, hey, we've been really impressed with you. Nobody's been able to hang with Rhea until now. Makes us wonder how someone as talented as you could be forgotten about for so long. This is uh, Dakota Kai talking, by the way. She says, we also know what it's like to be cast aside, to be forgotten about, but we decided to do something about it. To remind people who we are. And then Bailey says, we think you we we think you need to remind people of who Mia is. They want her on their war games team is what they're saying. Uh, Mia appreciates the offer, but says she has no problem with Bianca, Alexa or Asuka. Uh, damage control leave, though, as the OC come in and Carl Anderson is holding uh, a large bucket of beer, which apparently is a big deal that somebody brought beer backstage because even commentary makes a point to talk about it. Like, oh, yeah, Carl Anderson said he was bringing the beer on the podcast, so he came through on 
nobody knew that until you said it. Yeah. <laughs> and how hard is it to was it because Austin's on there? Nobody can get a beer backstage. Is that the thing? Like, the, oh, that's that's Triple H's new policy. Start that rumor right now. Triple H doesn't want beer backstage unless Austin's there. That's not a real oh, thing. God, no, that's, that's not, not a real, a real thing. thing. That's not a real thing. That's a joke. Okay, I have to say that because somebody will run off with it anyway. Uh, okay, we go to the arena. Riddle enters, and Graves says that he's taking those bongos with him everywhere. Graves says he saw Riddle carrying the bongos in the airport as Riddle does the flip flop kickoff. Uh, the rainbow rhinoceri comes <laughs> shooting out of his feet or the, elsewhere. The, the big unicorns, <laughs> as I think Corey Graves called the it. The chubby unicorns. That's right. There you go. Which I don't feel 100% comfortable saying, especially if you're listening with kids in the car. Nevertheless, the chubby unicorns are back. <laughs> Chad Gable enters. We get a recap of Elias's loss to Otis last week. And then the match starts. Okay. Uh, here's, here's your play-by-play on this as best I can. Gable does some great go-behinds and waist locks. He always does. He always starts off a match like that, right? Does little amateur wrestling moves, and they look fantastic. I don't want to say little, but he does his amateur wrestling moves. They always look great, and they get over well. Riddle gets an arm lock, which they say is a modified key lock on Gable in the corner, but Gable manages to get the advantage. Riddle then tries to turn things around with a Broton, but Gable gets the knees up. Riddle turns it around and is about to climb up top, but Otis tosses the steps and then distracts Riddle, which allows Gable to hit a release German suplex from the top rope on Riddle. That thing looked gross. It, but yeah, but, it, I was going to say Riddle looked like he landed weird on that one. I think he's fine, but it just it it looked like it hurt. And they even said, like, how is Riddle going to recover from this as they went to break? We come back from the break. Gable is in control with an ankle lock. Riddle escapes. But as Gable goes to hit a suplex, Riddle gets a fisherman driver on Gable. So picture a perfect plex turned into a driver, basically just a drop down slam on the back of the neck that looked gross but really cool at the same time anyway the two are getting to their feet and it's an exchange of blow no it's an exchange of bro shoosh bro <laughs> shoosh as they're punching each other i i love that spot <laughs> bro shoosh bro shoosh so Riddle catches Gable in the corner with a forearm, but hits an exploder suplex and a broton, followed by a power bomb into the knee to the face of Gable, but only gets two there. Uh, there's a whole lot here. Uh, let's let's go to the finish here. I think uh, it gets to the point where Riddle tosses Gable through the ropes after uh, Gable landed on his feet from rolling out of a moonsault attempt. Uh, we get the draping DDT is the point here because he tosses Gable out through the ropes. Gets the draping DDT, goes for the RKO, but Otis gets up on the apron and distracts Riddle. Riddle counters, uh, oh, what is that? Backslide. No, 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 the the, the big suplex, the uh, American Oh, American Automatic. Right, right. American Automatic suplex. But then Gable ducks a clothesline from Riddle, hits the backslide, gets his feet on the bottom rope, which are held down by Otis because apparently... That's leverage. <laughs> sure. Okay, so picture this for a second. You're you're laying in the ring, okay? You, you got a guy rolled up, and then your bottom feet are on, or your feet are on the bottom rope uh, where the top of your ankle is. Like, that's how you're hanging your foot off there. And so 
I guess, yeah, if, if your partner holds your feet there, I guess you're not moving. But is that really leverage? I don't know. Yeah. No, if you, if, you, if you think about the mechanics of that, no. It's, yeah, it's whatever. Not. whatever. Anyway, long story short, uh, we get the pin for Gable, and that's the win. So neither Elias nor Riddle can get over American Alpha yet, or Amer- Alpha Academy. Sorry, did this last time, too. Okay, backstage. Baron Corbin and JBL <laughs> are playing poker against a guy who could be a chubby Sami Zayn from four years ago lookalike. Okay, he had the hat on everything, right? And I was like, okay, this is something. Uh, they're even offered some Kentucky bourbon from a waiter. By the way, this is all happening in a locker room that is dimly lit, but it's still clearly a locker room <laughs> with a poker table somehow magically appearing in it. <laughs> Could you imagine for a second? Okay, I, I have a contract with the WWE. I, I'm being flown to Monday Night Raw. I'm going to go do the thing there, and I, I'm being flown there to to play poker in a dressing room. That's that's all I have planned for me tonight. Okay, well I'll do it. Whatever. Um, they are offered some Kentucky bourbon from a waiter <laughs> who clearly they would have had to have hired because again they're in a locker room. <laughs> Okay, locker rooms don't come with waiters and poker tables and and Kentucky bourbon. Most don't, anyways. <laughs> so, and and they would have had to stock the bourbon too. So it would have been like, hey, do you want this bourbon you've already ordered and paid for? To which JBL then says, I don't need anything from a bunch of banjo picking Kentucky hillbillies. Next thing you know, I want to marry my cousin. I'm Bradshaw Layfield, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. John Branshaw Layfield, ladies and gentlemen. See, he he doesn't have to just do a promo to insult your to insult your town. <laughs> All right, so they toss the Sami Zayn lookalike poker player out of the game, and JBL says, "Now nah, forget about that Kentucky bourbon. I brought in the finest Ugandan Reserve Prime whiskey. I didn't know there was. A, well, I'm sure there is. Saskatchewan has whiskey. Why can't Uganda?" Actually, I, I I googled that when he said that, and it's oh, a thing. It's yeah. actually a thing. Yeah, oh, I'm sure it's expensive as all hell too. Anyway, we cut back to the table, <laughs> the three shot, and sitting where the Sami Zayn lookalike is is now Akira Tozawa. His arms are just straight lace on the table. He is staring <laughs> off into the distance. He's not talking directly to anybody. I'm already so happy. I'm already so so happy. <laughs> If I can't have our truth, give me Tozawa. That's right. I said it. So Tozawa is at the empty spot of the table to which JBL says, we're busy, idiot. <laughs> Tozawa then feigning very broken English says, I play poker. Corbin then says, can you even afford to sit at this table? You know, in this high roller locker room that we have. <laughs> With 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 the hired waiter and with the, the hired waiter bourbon. and the Kentucky bourbon we paid for but don't want. <laughs> JBL says, "Whoa, have you played poker before? You already know where this is going." Yes, Tozawa. Nope. <laughs> JBL. Do you know any of the rules? Tozawa. Nope. JBL, your money's good here. And they're all getting ready to sucker him, right? Tozawa puts on the mirrored sunglasses, and we're playing poker, baby. We go to the arena. 
and enter the Miz, who comes with <laughs> who comes with the haircut you give <laughs> your three year old son when he's going for his first pictures for grandma. You know? <laughs> that that slick to the side. I have that photo somewhere of me. I'm sure everybody does. Slick to the side, wearing a cardigan sweater, a big, thick blue tie, looking like Mr. Rogers, which if that reference doesn't beat you in the face already, it will. It will. (laughs) The Miz is ready to apologize next, which I think it was Graves that said, is he wearing Keds talking about his shoes? (laughs) Why not? Why not? All right, ladies and gentlemen, before we get into segment six, Joe, are you thoroughly sports entertained at this point? I, Tazawa, man, that's all you got to (laughs) say. Okay, I want you to, can you open the calculator on your, uh, your, your computer there? I want to add some numbers here for you, okay? Okay, hang on. Let me, actually, let me get my iPhone here. All right, calculator, go. So, four. Yep. Plus 3.5. Yep. Plus five. Yep. Plus four. Yep. Plus three. Yep. Plus four. Yep. Plus four point five. Plus yep. three. Thirty-one. It took me thirty-one minutes to transcribe this next segment <laughs> word for word. <laughs> And and this is why we're the best damn raw review show. On this, the ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, is why we're the best damn raw interview. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell everybody. You know, I wow. dare you. Tweet at me at McGuire Show at SNME Radio. Pick anybody else does a raw review. Put them up against this. <laughs> Put them up. And you know what? I invite you, if you're listening to this now, go ahead. Go ahead. We accept your apology. We are the best damn raw review on the internet. Are you ready for this, Joe? I'm ready. A 30, what was it? 34? 31. 31. A 31 minute transcription of what felt like a 51 minute long segment. (laughs) Oh man, did it feel like that? (laughs) Joe, to do this justice, I believe it is time for the first ever edition of Mr. Peace Theater. Here goes everything. <laughs> With the Miz welcoming us to Miz TV, and he is relinquishing the hosting duties to one Byron Saxton. I had a couple little satellite glitches on my feed here. I'm not sure if that was everybody, but it blinked out for a little bit. Anyway, Byron starts by asking Miz. If he is sorry for paying Dexter Loomis to attack him. Miz then says, I have actually prepared a statement. If I could have complete silence, which always works in wrestling. Like, always never. Works. <laughs> no, it's, that's the point, right? It's beautiful. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I regret paying Dexter. Byron cuts in. So you did pay Dexter Loomis. (laughs) Miz then says, all I wanted was empathy. Is that too much to ask? I've been here 18 years. Never called a day off. Never injured. 
And whenever I was injured, <laughs> somehow, some way, I would still be here in this ring, and I never got so much as a cheer, not even a pat on the back, not even that time I had that small baby face run with Ric Flair. Oh, yeah, we forgot about that, didn't we? Oh, God. <laughs> we were trying to. Even when I tried to get Dexter back on his feet, when he was jobless, people still weren't on my side. I've asked for very little, but Dexter, Dexter, he kept taking and taking until I couldn't see any end in sight. His voice in this, by the way, is amazing. Like if you're saying, well, Mike, you don't sound like Miz. Miz didn't sound like Miz. No. No, and, and and I agree. He was very, very good. In this this was rolling so yeah. hot. That's why I had to stand up for myself. <laughs> I had to put a stop to Dexter's greediness. Byron then jumps in. If that's the truth, then why did you tell a completely different story to a private investigator who ended up... I was telling her what she wanted to hear. I was putting on a performance so she would buy my intellectual property. That's how he said it, too. I wrote it out like property. <laughs> he then looks at Byron and says, I mean, we know Hollywood. They don't know Hollywood in a real city, a big city like Hollywood. They don't want real. So I had to spin the truth to make it more interesting. In reality, I am just a devoted father, a loving husband, and a man who was cooped up in his bedroom all weekend long because he was depressed and sick about everything that has happened. And see. Bravo. Thank Bravo. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, wait, the segment's not over. <laughs> Enter Johnny Annoying. Oh, God. All right, here we go. <laughs> Miz, you weren't depressed. <laughs> you were vacationing this weekend with your family in Cabo. Miz then jumps in. Did you have photographers there taking pictures of me? Your wife posted pictures on Instagram. You weren't in any of them, but thank you for confirming that for me. Another lie. Good job. He's doing good, guys. <laughs> Miz, without missing a beat. I was depressed in my hotel room. <laughs> Johnny Annoying. Stop deflecting. You want to know why no one here cares about you? Because you always take the easy way out. Miz asks a very logical question. Why would I take the hard way? Johnny Annoying. Why would you do things the right way? Instead, you could just hire Dexter to try to trick people into caring about you. This is going on so long. <laughs> and I dare you to roll this back because I guarantee I've written this down almost word for word. I think I took out like two stammers in this and that's about it. Q Byron, I'm going to stop. Uh, I'm going to see if I can just change voices enough for you to guess who's who moving forward here. Okay. Starting with All Byron. Right. Starting with Byron Saxon. Miz, would you like to share your thoughts on the... He's just gonna lie about it. That's why he got caught up in this mess. He got caught up in a lie and he stopped paying Dexter Loomis, right? Johnny, please elaborate. Well, he stopped paying because that's easier than telling the truth. Miz, can you... Will you shut up and ask the questions I gave you? 
How much are you paying him? You paying him now too? Does he owe you money? <laughs> you want to talk about the truth? How about you be honest? Why are you in all of this? Huh? Why is Johnny annoying in all of this? You're just doing what I was trying to do and use my story so people will chant Johnny Wrestling, which again, a Johnny Wrestling chant begins. There you go. I do love that Johnny Wrestling chant. Oh, God. <laughs> but the truth is, Mike, Ooh. everyone here knows you're a compulsive. You know what? Are you a Star Trek guy at all? I. Not a huge fan, but okay. I've watched okay, the show. you need to look up a character called the Grand Nagus. The okay, Grand he's, Nagus. He's basically like the the president of the Ferengi, and he's this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking. Short, about. creepy little old dude. Yeah. That's my Johnny annoying voice. It, That's going to be it moving forward. All right, I will keep that in mind. The Grand Nagus. Everyone here knows you're a compulsive liar. You always have been, and you always will be. You lie about literally everything, starting with that sweater you're wearing. It's a cardigan. (laughs) Either way, you're lying to yourself if you think you're pulling that off. Mr. Rogers. Oh, my God. He said it. To be fair, Mr. Rogers is a good guy. He admits when he's wrong. He loves his neighborhood. I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy. He ain't a good guy. He's not a good guy. (laughs) You know what? I am sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Now, can we just move on so I can be the cornerstone of this company and a role model for my children? You want to be a role model for your kids? How about you have some integrity and you pay Dexter what you owe him? This is much better now that I'm doing it as the Nagus. <laughs> so hard on the old voice. I am ready to move on. I think we're all ready to move on. I think we're ready to move on, too. That's why I talked to WWE officials. And actually, they thought that hidden camera footage that we watched was pretty convincing. So, this will all come to an end in two weeks when in this very ring, The Miz takes on Dexter Loomis. (laughs) (laughs) If... if If Dexter wins, you have to pay him everything you owe him. And. And. (laughs) He did two ands, by the way. If he wins, he finally gets a WWE contract. Even though he already has an entrance video and music and the ability to go to and from the ring as he pleases, apparently. Oh, God. Kayfabe, brother. Kayfabe. <laughs> sorry. 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 Fourth wall. Fourth wall, brother. All right. Listen, you tell that deranged psychopath that this match will be the biggest mistake of his miserable life because the next time I see him, there will be no money, no contract. It will be lights out and it will be awesome. How about you? Tell him yourself. 
<laughs> I might have ad-libbed the laugh. Maybe a I might, bit. I might not have. Guess you'll have to watch the segment to find out if you have six hours. The cameraman, who's been standing behind Miz the whole time, takes off his hat, takes off his face-covering scarf, and surprise, it's Dexter Loomis. So Loomis chases Miz out of the ring, but he manages to pull Miz's cardigan off. Uh, Johnny Annoying puts on Miz's sweater, inside out, by the way, and that, that, my friends, is the result of 34, 31, whatever minutes of transcription, word for word. This started out so good and just went so long. It was good up until Johnny Gargano came out. Thank you very much. And you know, you know why they call you Johnny Wrestling? Because you're not Johnny talking. You're not Johnny funny. You're not Johnny witty. You're not Johnny creative. You're Johnny Wrestling. Just be Johnny Wrestling. Like, like Miz was not even arguably, Miz was the best part of this entire segment. And like, I thought he did an admirable job to try to keep this on the rails. But man, like when Johnny Gargano came out, it was like, oh my God, just stop talking. And stop. Okay. So I, I want to take back a little bit of what I just said here, because I don't want to, you know, I mean, it put me in that situation. I can't say I would do any better. I would think I would, but it's one of those things where I get it. You're, you're wanting to be different things. When he was doing the thing with the way in NXT, it felt like it flowed more naturally. It felt like it wasn't as as over the top and as cartoony as this is. And it's not even cartoony in a way that's like entertaining. It's just over the top. It's 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 over the top annoying. Yeah. And like like I I mean look, I I don't think there's any argument. Johnny Gargano in the ring, awesome. No problem. Yeah. I don't mind Johnny Gargano doing some promos, but this whistleblower thing and this whole like tell the truth and and I like it, it was funny when it first started but like this is just like you said over the top and not in a good way he's he's the kid that reminds the teacher we don't have homework he's that level of just grown at this point yes grown is the exact word <laughs> i think and I'm not saying it can't get better. Um, and again, I, I again, I feel pretty bad for being as harsh on with the whole Johnny wrestling thing there a second ago. But this, this is turning me more and more into like, yay, Miz. <laughs> yeah, like th th I think that's the problem. Is well, well, I think the other the other problem that that Johnny Gargano has is that Miz is good at this, and you can see the difference in their performances, like. You know, again, Miz to me was the best part of this entire segment, and we're not supposed to like him, but yeah. because he's such a good performer, especially compared to Johnny Gargano, um, you know, like you're almost rooting for the guy. Almost. <laughs> All right, we go to commentary now. They're hyping the match some more before throwing to an earlier interview with Kathy Kelly talking to Shelton Benjamin. This happened backstage earlier in the day. Uh, she's asking about Shelton's match last week when all of a sudden Judgment Day creep in. And after doing all that transcribing for that promo, I did not bother doing much for this at all. Okay? <laughs> There's too many words in this. And here's the thing. 
Dominic Mysterio is now the Beavis to Damian Priest's butthead. Yeah, yeah. Legit. <laughs> so he starts like throwing a smack to Dominic does starts throwing smack talk to uh to Shelton. And then Priest steps in, he's like, Oh, easy there, fella. <laughs> and Dominic now is behind Damian Priest, and every time Priest says something, there's Dominic in the back, like, mm, yeah, 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 let's have a match. Mm, yeah, yeah. And well, that, just, like, he, like he, it wasn't just that he's like jumping up and down. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's do it. Let's, you know, he, like, he yeah. looks like that little, that little dog in the cartoon, you know, Hey, what do you want to do now, George? What do you want to do now? Yeah. Oh, oh, you'll get him real good, George. Won't you? Yeah. <laughs> so basically this sets up uh, Shelton accepting the challenge from Dominic. So we go from that all of a sudden. Do, uh, <laughs> Damian, Rhea, and Dominic enter the arena. That match is next. We go to break. We come back. Enter Shelton Benjamin. (laughs) This is such a small detail to me. But, Joe, it's WWE. All right. They've got 4K cameras. They've got HD cameras. And the camera that's following Shelton Benjamin down the aisle has got a couple of specks of goo on it. (laughs) And it's driving me nuts. They cut away from that camera for a second. I'm like, oh, good. They're going to tell the guy to wipe his lens. No, they go back. It's still there. (laughs) The goo is still there. So we get to the match starting. There's a very loud, very audible OV dub chant going back to Shelton Benjamin's OVW days, which was kind of fun. Dominic slaps Shelton in the mush after a lockup that leaps uh, that takes him the corner. And then Dominic uh, leaps out of the ring when he realizes he's just slapped Shelton Benjamin. It's just me or does Shelton look look thicker? Like, he just looks bigger these days. Him and Bobby yeah. must be spending time in the gym together or somebody. I don't know. but uh, Shelton looks good, man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Judgment Day does, like, sort of a shield surrounding the ring act. Uh, they distract as Dom attacks Shelton from behind. Shelton basically counters everything Dom throws at him, and Dom eventually... Does an Eddie shimmy, which Rhea makes look way better on the outside of the ring. Uh, Dom is playing chicken poop heel, but hooks Shelton's throat on the top rope before rolling senton back into the ring. Shelton gets a very loose head scissor takedown, but gets Dom. Uh, but Dom gets Shel- Shelton in position for a six one nine. But Shelton, he's too smart for that. He gets up and catches Dom in a power slam. There's a running knee and exploder suplex, and Dom rolls out for safety. Shelton follows him and rolls Dom back into the ring. Dom then tries to roll up, but Shelton kicks out and gets the ankle lock, which, of course, was taught to him by Kurt Angle. Commentary gets that point in. Aria, though, distracts the referee while Damien pulls Dom closer to the rope to break the ankle lock. Uh, Damien distracts, and then Dom drives Shelton into the ring post before taking him down, finishing with a frog splash for the win. Dominic Mysterio victorious over a Shelton Benjamin thoughts. Again, it was, it was, it was a good match. I understand why Dom won, but I really do hope your, your um, prediction of one hurt business comes true. Cause I really want to see Shelton. <laughs> like They got to get, they got to get beat down to the point where they have no choice. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I, I, I guess we should expect to see Cedric Alexander get beat down next week or something like that but yeah, uh yeah. hey man at least he's getting on tv you know? yeah but it, but again I, I i do hope that this does lead to a hurt business reunion because man 
those uh those those four guys could be sick together we're in the year of factions man triple h is bringing back those factions left right and center that's all right man that's all right backstage on the raw interview set we see full beard austin theory waiting to be interviewed that takes us to break Kathy Kelly then introduces the former Mr. Money in the Bank, Austin Theory. Theory starts talking, but then stops dead. He says, you know, nobody understands me. Nobody understands the pressure I've been under. I was touted to be the next big thing, and I was. I outgrew the ceiling, and I became the face of the franchise. People still hate on me because they can't relate. They want to see me fail. They want to see me fall short. That Money in the Bank briefcase was an anchor on Austin Theory. Roman Reigns is unstoppable. He goes into his cash-in, SummerSlam, Clash of the Castle, all these things that were stopping him from getting that opportunity. So he says, I decided to go after Seth Rollins. I had him beat, and Bobby Lashley pulled me out of that ring and mauled me. And if he hadn't, I would have been a two-time U.S. champion. All of a sudden, from behind, Dolph Ziggler enters the screen. I love this. I loved every second of this. Worst cash-in ever. (laughs) (laughs) Only he said it in his own voice. Yes, yeah. A couple months ago, kid, I tried to help you out. I tried to be your bro. Tried to show you some things that no one had shown me. For some reason, though, you had the failed cash-in. I mean, I wouldn't know. I was there for the best one. I was there, too, by the way. I love bringing (laughs) that up. Dude, that, that raw after WrestleMania 29. I will never forget that for the rest of my life. That was such an amazing moment. Okay. <clears throat> he says, uh, but you, your ego was just too big and you didn't want to listen. Theory then says, I'm sick of people talking down to me like I'm a kid. I'm done being the youngest this, the youngest that, the future, the next big thing, or a protege. I am the now. And I'd love to prove that to you if you'd meet me out in that ring and I can show you that I have no more excuses. None. Dolph stops, looks at him and says, sure thing, kid. Corey Graves used a line that uh, (laughs) hit a little too close to home for me. He says, you know, it's only after you've lost everything that you're free to do anything. And uh, that sets up for that match coming up uh, later on tonight. We go into a couple minutes of War Games promo, which was fun to watch. Also gets them uh, some more play out of that Black Sabbath license they got. Uh, And then damage control into the arena. There is no 24-7 title on Nikki Cross. Uh, she is not officially part of damage control, they say, but she's there for, you know, support and yep. supporting a really cool jacket we'll talk about later. Uh, but EO Sky is in competition against Dana Brooke next. That takes us to break. Okay. Segment nine. Did you know that Montez Ford, Bobby Lashley, Ashanti, the Adonis, and Lacey Evans all served in the U.S. military? Yes. Yes, I did. Tribute for the Troops, which has been taped now, will be airing on December 17th. At least the matches have been taped, so I'm not sure what the extra footage is going to be and what they're going to do with it yet, but that's what's going on there. Uh, Dana Brooke then enters the arena, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, this will be good. What? (laughs) (laughs) They then show a promo from uh, Dana earlier today. She says, I will not go down without a fight. And sure enough, she actually gets uh, she gets to do some stuff in this match. Good for her. Uh, Dana gets some aggression in, but EO gets a boot to the face on Brooke from the outside. EO then uh, does that thing where she springboards up to the top rope and hits a missile drop kick before landing on Dana and then doing a t- uh, flip for no reason. You know, because she's the heel. That's what you do when you're the heel is you 
do really cool flips and stuff. So, so did, did you notice though that the crowd was really quiet for this match? Yeah, I didn't want to say that because I don't want to be that guy that's like, you know, oh, it's the women's match, it's Dana Brooke match. But there was there was something that people just weren't buying about this match. Yeah, like like and again, I, I I don't normally pay attention to that, but for whatever reason, this was really noticeable that they were very quiet. Well, see, and they were that, making noise and stuff, but it just wasn't it wasn't as engaging. I don't think yeah. it's anybody's fault. I think this was just it's one of those matches, right? Yeah, I, I just I felt bad because I I thought I thought both women were were working hard on this. So, well, they were, and let's get into this here. Uh, I do want to mention though, really quickly, because they went to a close up on her. Nikki Cross is wearing a really cool jacket that's covered in playing cards. I was thinking, man, do I know some magician friends that would love to own that coat? <laughs> <laughs> okay, in the ring, Dana actually begins trading blows. She gets a head scissor on Eo Sky, who flips out of it. And takes down Brooke again. So our heels are doing flips all over the place. Okay. Uh, shout out to my man, Duty, Dirty Duke Durango, who could do all those flips, but didn't do one of them when he was a heel. Uh, Eo Sky lands on her feet after Brooke rolls out from an Asai moonsault attempt. Brooke does her gymnastic flip. You know that one where she does kind of the springboard thing? Corner yeah, corner. The, the handspring <clears throat> elbow type deal or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, But yeah. gets caught with a German suplex by Eo Sky. Sky then follows with a Meteora. And hits the over the moon salt for the win. Quick match. You know, you know what this was. This was a match where I hate to say it, but this is a throwback to the women's matches not being given enough time. Really, and make all the jokes you want about because uh, I was I was never as hard on Dana Brooke as you know, say Agnew. <laughs> but <laughs> he just yeah. Anyway, but I mean you know. She's there for a reason, and that is to to do her thing and perform. And and you know, they, if she was that bad, she wouldn't be there anymore. But this is clearly a match that either would have benefited from more time, or a different finish, or different circumstances, because it was just very, it was too easy to see what was going to happen. And I think that's why the crowd didn't get into it. It's like, okay, well, you know, it's damage control against Dana Brooke. What's Dana done? They just, they just. She just lost her title and had it thrown in the garbage. Like, you can't get much lower than that, right? Nope. So, <clears throat> anyway. Uh, we have the celebration going on in the ring, and then Mia Yim re-enters the arena. She says, I know you've been waiting for my answer about Survivor Series, and you're right. War Games is a fight where everybody's got to pick a side, and I've picked mine. Cue the long delay. <laughs> where, you know, she's clearly not walking towards the ring, so... <laughs> Poor damage controller. I've been standing there like, oh, yeah, you're totally joining us, right? And, of course, Bianca's music comes in. Uh, they all dance together. And, uh, you know, clearly Mia was drinking some of that OC beer because uh, why wouldn't she have gone to the other team? I don't know. Anyway, that's that segment. We go backstage again into our elite level gambling room, a.k.a. dressing room C. Or whatever, <laughs> with the, with 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 the waiter and the the, the whiskey that they bought, but yeah. they didn't drink. Yep. However, bum ass Corbin is starting to make a bit of a resurgence, uh, resurfacing. Bum ass Corbin is resurfacing, as is disheveled JBL, <laughs> as Tozawa is cleaning their clocks in poker. This is fantastic. So, uh. Tozawa shows his cards. He's got another winning hand, to which Corbin then pretends he has three of a kind. 
To which Tozawa flips the cards over and says, You got nothing, cheater. <laughs> this was so good. <laughs> like, I was so entertained by this. So simple. So silly. Uh, <laughs> so Corbin makes some line about, you know, what do you want? You got all our money. You got everything else. He goes, no money. Step outside. I love this. <laughs> JBL goes, a duel? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love that JBL just probably has somebody standing by with a white glove to just slap someone. Challenge you to a duel slap. Anyway. Well, you know what too? What made what made what made this work is that like JBL and Corbin were also all in on this. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, if if you're gonna do cheesy sports entertainment, do it yeah. like this because and they and fun. they did very cheesy and very good cheesy sports entertainment. I was pretty impressed by this whole segment. So Tazawa says no to a duel. He says no in the wrestling ring. No tricks. And once you know that match is coming up later on tonight. <laughs> We go to the arena. Austin Theory enters and commentary points out no cell phone. And he may be the worst cash in in the history of WWE. To which Damian Sando says, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> the now Austin Theory is next. That takes us to break. Dolph Ziggler enters. And only then do I notice both guys are covered in camo. Yes. Yes, so they were much camo. So I don't know if they did some more tribute to the troops taping or what it was, or if they just decided, hey, let's let's dress like a tag team that's fighting tonight. Anyway, this match does not have a ton of moves being called in it because there weren't. Nope. There were a lot of move attempts, but I'm going to go ahead and say this was the match of the night for me. Hands down, ten to one odds. Nothing came close, even the main, which is a heavy statement, but hear me out. We get our basic lockups. We get uh, double signature move attempts right off the hop. Theory gets an advantage, nailing a backbreaker for two. This is turning into a grudge match, though. This is not a wrestling match. This is a grudge match. This is a fight. This is a lot of ground and pound. This is a ton of fists. Uh, Not much complicated stuff at all. In fact, more moves were attempted and not done than any of the other physicality that happened in this match. And I thought that actually told a great story. Uh, we're already going to break as Ziggler gets posted uh, from a, a shove off from theory. So we go to break there. We come back. Ziggler's in control, getting the 10 punch in the corner on theory, followed by a DDT for two. Theory eventually sets up a rack bomb that Kevin Patrick mistakenly called his A-Town down for two. Uh, Ziggler then reverses A-Town down into a sleeper this sleeper spot. People were getting excited for a sleeper. This is what happens when you have simplistic wrestling that still works. Oh, yeah. Like that whole thing of theory, like sort of, you know, going down and then they they, they shot a close up of his face where it looked like he's like, no, I'm getting there. I'm he, getting there. I'm getting there. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So Ziggler has this, this sleeper hold on theory for a solid 30 seconds or so. And, and, Theory starts to fade out. He takes the knee and you're thinking, this is going to be it. This is going to be it. And then, much like Joe says, I even have notes here. Beautiful camera shot. Yep. This was this was everything working together in television wrestling perfectly. They close in and all of a sudden his eyes just change. And he looked like Bruce Banner turned into the Hulk here. Where he gets up and Ziggler is holding on to this sleeper 
for his life, but he still hasn't let it go. So he's had this thing on for over a minute now, rolling yep. around, being driven into the turnbuckles, everything else. And Ziggler is holding on for everything he's got. Theory finally gets up and manages to throw Ziggler off. This has made Theory's hair sweatier and messier. And he just looked very, very near defeat, which only helped this thing further. Theory gets up and again throws Ziggler off. Somehow Ziggler manages to hit a running knee and a Famouser for two. Theory then posts Ziggler again. Theory is now stepping up a level. Legitimately. Like you're watching this guy transform in front of you. It's amazing. There's another posting. Ziggler reverses the third post, though, and hits a zigzag for two. In in my notes here, I say this is my match of the night right here. Uh, shortly after that, the This Is Awesome chant started. Dolph tries to fire up in the corner, but Theory catches a hard left hand, or sorry, Ziggler catches a hard left hand from Theory. A-Town down, and then Theory freezes before going for any sort of a pin. Theory then takes a moment on his knee, looks up in the sky to the ghost of the Ultimate Warrior, <laughs> and hits a second A-Town down. The destrucity is now flowing through his veins. Okay. Fury starts laying blows and Ziggler gets to the point where he has to roll out. Fury then follows and tosses Ziggler into the ring steps. He then takes the top of those steps and flips them over quite we- quite whimsically. And they land on Dolph's arm. Ziggler's head is bounced off the announce table. And the whole time, Fury is frothing at the mouth now. Who's the kid? Who's the kid? Ref has no choice. Throws the DQ on the theory. Theory is throwing anything that looks like furniture onto Ziggler's body. The crowd is eating this up. He takes a flat steel chair, throws it on top of him. Boom. That looked okay. Kind of gross. Then he takes one of the commentary chairs, those big heavy office chairs, and throws one of those onto Ziggler. Yeah, that looked gross. <laughs> Luckily, back first, though, and I was like, okay, you know, it looked gross, but it was still really good. At this point, theories arrived. This is a totally different Austin theory now. Uh, Eventually, the officials peel him away, but he goes back for more ground and pound, more fists. And this is all in that little timekeepers area there where the ring bell and everything is kept. So it's it's just getting terrible. Like, it's getting terrible. But but Austin theory now is, yeah, you know what? Selfie boy, that's done. Yep. That's done. We were wondering, how is he ever going to get out of this? And for everybody that was writing him off, like, oh, this is the death of Austin Theory. Mm-mm. No. How no. many? How, but, but honestly, Joe, how many people on our own Facebook page and everywhere else were saying, I can't believe they did this to Theory. I can't. Be- Guys, I, this is this is the next step. Big. like, And that was the thing, because I, I like I saw a lot of those comments when he didn't get the cash in and everyone's like, Oh, you know, death knell here. And Oh, they buried him. I'm like, they did like, you know what I mean? Like, no, they didn't like, I, I like, okay. From a wrestling perspective, I I did actually enjoy um, riddle versus Gable, but mm-hmm. from a, from a story perspective, I love this. Like I loved this evolution of, you know, the youngest, 
money in the bank winner, the youngest U S champion to the now to like, you know, like I, I dug that a lot. I, I also appreciate Corey Graves trying to sell that as well. This is the now, you know, Austin theory. And I and like the viciousness that he showed tonight, like not just here, but later on in the show, I, I dug this a lot. I'm not saying this was the moment. Okay. I'm not saying this is the Steve Austin, you know, blood moment in the sharpshooter. I'm not saying this is the Becky Lynch smashed face moment. I'm not saying anything, but this is the foundation for it. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I agree. I'm not saying this made him, but yeah. this certainly helped him move forward with his but presentations. This hasn't like, made him, but you've arrived. You're here now. Okay. Yeah. What's the next step? What's the next step? Exactly. What's the next thing. So I, I, this makes me want to see Austin Theory next week. So yeah, yeah. Like, and again, I know you're going to get into it when we get to the main event, but man, I, I, I really dug Austin's presentation, and like, again, like a good heel. I don't, like, I don't like him. But not in the I want to turn my TV off. I don't like them, and I want to see someone beat them up. <laughs> like yeah. you know what I mean? Okay, I know we're going long, folks. So we're gonna motor through the rest of this. And thank you again for listening to uh, Tuesday Morning Cooked. Here, uh, we get through the the magic, the moment of Austin Theory, and we get Baron Corbin and JBL headed to the ring for a match against Tozawa next. <laughs> By the way, last thing on that uh, Austin Theory Dolph match, kudos yeah. on Dolph because the dude knows how to take an ass kicking well. Oh my god, everything's just that guy's yeah. <laughs> he's he's so good too. Yeah. Well, that's just it, man. I, I don't why I don't know why people look for things to hate on in this other than Johnny Annoying. Okay. <laughs> We open segment 12 backstage where Rhea Ripley walks up to damage control and says she's part of their war games team now. And that's the way it is. So uh, yippee do we go to the uh, arena. Bradshaw and Baron Corbin walk in was really hoping for a promo here, but the mutual hat respect works. Uh, Tozawa then comes in. Tozawa is calling Corbin a cheater as they lock up. Tozawa is uh, so good. He's so fluid. Uh, Corbin gets a shoulder block on Tozawa, though, followed by a choke slam attempt, which turns into a DDT. From Akira Tozawa, pretty sure that uh, while Tozawa was going to the top rope, he dropped one of those playing cards that he ran away with out of his gi. <laughs> I saw it in the ring, and then I looked again. I was like, yep, that's a card, all right. <laughs> Commentary is blaming the Ugandan whiskey and cigars as the reason why Corbin might be doing so badly in this match, uh, which is true because Tozawa hits a tope on the outside on Corbin, uh, tries a second tope, but Corbin sidesteps it and drives Tozawa into the barricade. Uh, some kid behind Tozawa in the crowd is loving every second of Tozawa getting killed by Corbin. Like, <laughs> like, did you see that kid? That kid could not be happier. If if Santa Claus, the Tooth Fairy, the Easter Bunny, and his favorites, I don't know what, walked in the room together, you know? Like, that kid was made for life in that moment right there. He's, he's a wrestling fan for life now. Nice. Uh, Tozawa gets a head scissor takedown. Commentary is hilarious, calling uh, Tozawa the stamina machine. (laughs) (laughs) I won't go into the details, but something about those pills you see in gas station bathrooms came up. (laughs) (laughs) Tozawa then hits a shining wizard uh, and then a flying kamikaze bomb, but gets caught in a crossbody attempt in the end of days and Corbin wins by a hair. This was such a fun match. Yay to them for giving Tozawa so much offense, uh, but still making Corbin the, the jerk heel that he needs to be. So 
It was a good match. It was for it was what good. it had to be. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. Zella got a ton of offense. This, this is what I mean, though. So imagine if the Brook and uh, Sky match was given that much time. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just a couple more minutes. And I, I'm not saying that it would have been that much better. I'm not saying, you know, five star classic or anything, but I'm saying give stuff more time to breathe. This match had that and it was just enough, just enough to get to Zawa to the point. It's like, is he going to beat Corbin? Is he? Is Corbin going to lose to Akira Tozawa? Because I had that play in my head for a second. I was like, holy shit. No, they're not. Never mind. Okay, we're good. (laughs) (laughs) We get a uh, heater for the U.S. title match tonight as uh, we go back to seeing Finn Balor and Edge at Extreme Rules. They're trying to show how dangerous Finn Balor can be. Uh, That takes us to break. Segment 13, there's a recap of Theory absolutely killing Dolph Ziggler earlier. And then Kathy Kelly is backstage with Bianca Belair, along with Asuka and Alexa. And sure enough, Mia Yim. She asked Kelly uh, what her thoughts are on Rhea joining uh, the other team in War Games. Bianca says Rhea is a problem. But with Michin, they're they're making this a thing. With Michin on our side, uh, we're going to be all right. Next week, a member of each team is going to be squaring off against each other. Bianca's not showing their cards as to who's going to be going out, though. Uh, with all those other girls, they're about games. We are about war. <laughs> As that interview ends, for some reason, this is, I find this funny. All four women walk off in separate directions. So as as they leave Kathy Kelly, they all walk off in separate directions. Like they all like starfish out elsewhere. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, have you ever hung out with your friends and all of a sudden you just all disappear? No, you usually walk the same way together first, right? And then, okay, guys, see you later. You know, no, not these, not these four. No, yeah. <clears throat> so as they're all walking away, Chad Gable walks in. <laughs> Such a dope. Excuse me. Have you forgotten to interview tonight's big winner, uh, Master Gable, the man who single-handedly beat Matt Riddle one week after my number one guy, Otis, beat Elias? To which, man, Otis lets in and <laughs> easy peasy. <laughs> God, I love Otis so much. Uh, Rollins walks in as this interview is going on and he's humming his own song to himself. He looks over and sees Gable and Otis and changes his song to shoot. <laughs> and keeps walking away. Uh, in the meantime, we go to grill position where Byron Saxon walks in and sees Finn Balor waiting to go out for his match. And he says that he accepts AJ Styles challenge from earlier tonight for Survivor Series. Remember that from 10 years ago? Excuse me. Remember that from ten years ago? That was uh that was a thing. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> so much happened in this show that like you're you're calling back segments and you're like, oh yeah, that happened tonight. Uh it was that Ms. Gargano segment. That's what, that's what did it all. <laughs> 31 minutes, man. 31 minutes. God. <laughs> okay. So Finn then says, I'm finna go out there. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I'm just making fun, man. I love you, Finny Finn Finn. Um, he says, I'm going to go out there and become the new United States champion. Um, honestly, I need this Finn Balor in my life. I, I love the modified Judgment Day version of his music. I really do like it. It's called uh, I Am Danger, by the way, if you're looking to add it to your playlist anywhere. Um, I just wish he had the spiky mask that he had from Extreme Rules again. 
when that thing you wore out? Did you see? Oh that? Yeah, 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 yeah. That thing was so dope. Okay, we go to break. Segment fourteen. Seth Rollins enters. We get the big championship intro. A lot of side headlocks in this match. They started this one slow, very slow, like very, very slow. Uh, there was only one real spotty spot in this first segment. And that was uh, Seth knocking Balor to the outside and hits a tope, and that takes us to break. Okay, in segment 15, we're scrapping outside the ring. The announce table comes into play, and this actually starts the story of the match. This is my number two match of the night. No offense to anybody, but again, that Ziggler theory match, chef's kiss for me. This was a very close number two. Uh, Rollins is driven into the announce table. Abdomen first right on the corner he lets out such a guttural scream that you're like oh my god that's the story this is where we're going sure well, enough in, and in your words that that looked gross as gross. well <laughs> that was a very cool looking spot so now we're telling the story his abdomen is screwed balor stomps the abdomen inside the ring there's a running Irish whip, but Balor holds on to Seth and drives the knee into the abdomen. You know that cool thing where he runs with him and then drives the knee in? Yep. Did that once. Did that twice. And then uh, all of a sudden we get a reverse chin lock, but Seth escapes that with a jawbreaker to Balor. Balor then goes for the old Razor Ramon abdominal stretch. And while he's holding that, he's driving the elbow and the forearm into the ribs and into the abdomen. I'm like, this is... This is the little things that work again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rollins breaks out of that eventually, though. The two are trading blows, and then he knocks Balor to the outside, topes Balor onto the announce table, and then Rollins tosses Balor back into the ring and hits him with a flying knee to the face. Rollins gets up, and he's conducting the crowd for a second, which is just enough time to give Balor the chance to recuperate and hit a sling blade. Rollins then catches Balor with the sling blade. uh, Or sorry, Rollins catches Balor with a super kick. And then Rollins goes for a splash from the top. But Balor gets the knees up and a loose small package for two. Again, selling the abdominum. But I I don't mind this small package looking as messy as it was because it was almost like a desperation grab. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and it, it didn't finish the match. So it looked like it belonged there. You know, it was great. That takes us to break and low upon Mike and Joe segment 16 did make itself known to all as we approached the end of Monday Night Raw. That was a little dramatic, but whatever. There's a lot in this one, so buckle up. Oh, God. Oh, God. Was there a lot in this one? Balor has Rollins draped over the middle rope. Rollins gets out of it and pulls Balor to the outside, set up a buckle bomb, but instead of a buckle, it's going to be a barricade bomb if he hits it, but he does not. Balor gets out of that and manages to drop kick Rollins into the barricade. Suddenly, it looks like a coup de grace could be happening back inside the ring, but Rollins rolls out of the way and there's a pedigree attempt that turns into a sunset flip into a power bomb for two. Whew. Go back and listen to that again. That was just one series of moves. We're not done. Rollins goes for a Phoenix splash, but lands on his feet and catches a drop kick from Balor. Balor then goes for another coup de gras, but gets crotched on the top turnbuckle instead. That allows Rollins to go to the top and nail a superplex. Then he does that thing where he rolls into trying a second one, but Balor reverses that. Okay, so we've had a superplex now that is being reversed by Balor 
after Ballard just took the superplex. Does that make sense? Gotcha. Yeah. Because Ballard is going to turn that second suplex attempt into 1916, that really gross drop that he does. And I actually, that, when he hit that, I was like, oh man, like, is Seth okay? Because it looked like he, and obviously he was, but it looked like Seth landed right on his head. Yeah. Balor is attacking Rollins. There's only two count after that, by the way. So, yeah. you know, let's see who plays in 1916. No big deal. Uh, Balor is taking Rollins, uh, taking it to his midsection. Rollins reverses into a pedigree attempt. And then Balor tries a standing two de gras or a, you know, standing foot stomp, whatever you want to call it. But Rollins rolls out and goes for a buckle bomb into the Falcon Arrow. So no buckle bombs again. Clearly, Balor does not want to take that spot again. No. <laughs> and who can blame him? Look up the history. Rollins is setting up for the stomp, but Judgment Day come down and Dom eats a punch. Somehow the referee's not stopping the match yet. <laughs> Balor rolls up Rollins for two. Balor then gets a double stomp on Rollins' abdomen. The OC and Mia Yim come for the save, and now everybody's scrapping on the inside, the outside of the ring. Carl Anderson and Dominic Mysterio are in the ring until Carl clotheslines Dom to the outside, followed by Balor doing the same to Anderson. So once again, it's just Rollins and Balor in the ring, but we're following all the chaos outside right now. In the meantime, uh, chaos outside is basically them fighting through the crowd, but Balor hits Rollins and almost gets a coup de grace, but AJ interferes in that. The OC and Judgment Day fight all the way out of the arena. Back in the ring, Rollins manages to catch the stomp for the pin. One, two, three. That's it. Your winner and still United States champion, Seth freaking Rollins. Or so we think. Raw's not over. Austin Theory comes in, gets the sneak attack on Seth Rollins. Hits an A-Town down, and Theory is foaming at the mouth again. Oh, man, this guy's just getting meaner and meaner. I love it. He drives Rollins into the steps, abdomen first. Into the announce table, abdomen first. Into the ring apron, abdomen first. The barricade. And Rollins is now just turning into a pile of goo that was on the camera when Shelton Benjamin came out earlier. Theory then rolls Rollins into the ring, hits another A-Town down, and Theory is so mad his nostrils start changing form. Did you see that? <laughs> he like held it. And maybe his nose is always like that. I've never seen the, the underside of his nose, I guess. But it was like, you know, you know, when you get so mad or you breathe so hard, like your face distorts. Yep. yep. That's what this guy was doing. Theory then picks up the U S title, which is laying in the ring and makes Seth Rollins wear it on his face. <laughs> I always worry about belt spots with that belt too. Cause I mean, just the way that thing's shaped. It's and, a and, it's a weird shape, man. And the etching on it is is very sharp. Like the yeah. etching's very deep on it. I was like, that could you know one slip and it's over. Anyway, Rollins is out cold. Theory stands over top of him, poses with the belt, and that Joe Abzuinaldo is Monday Night Raw. Okay, so I agree with you. The match was great, but that attack at the end. Love that. Like, you know, like even earlier in the show, we were talking about how, you know, Austin has arrived. Yep. He had, if you, if you didn't think he had arrived before he arrived at the end of the show. So let's, uh, as I bring my microphone closer, let's theorize here. What are we doing next week with this guy? I mean, you, there's a few ways you can go here. 
Um, but I would, I would think that he's probably going to continue chasing Seth for the belt. Cause now I think after this beatdown, I think it's pretty safe to say that Seth is on his way to, you know, like the baby face, <laughs> right? Here's Especially, a question. Here's yeah. A question. Do we do that or do we suspend him? Oh, there is that because the officials did come out and so, try to stop him. Hear me out on this. You're going to say, well, McGuire, that would that would shut down all his momentum. I don't think it would. I think what happens is he gets suspended. Rollins recovers. Right. He's still got all these other problems to deal with. We've got a couple weeks still before Survivor Series. So even if, they, you know, I don't want them to suspend him for like weeks and weeks. I mean, ideally I would, but we just don't live in that kind of world anymore with the attention span. So <clears throat> what I'm thinking is, do we do a slow burn on it where he gets suspended and then he comes back at the pay-per-view and either gets reinstated or just starts going rogue? But then you run the risk of turning him into a, a a good guy, right? Like you have him being cheered more. So I don't I don't know, man. I think there's got to be some sort of statement where it's like you know this guy's out of control. He's you know he's he's trying too hard now to to hurt people. Which you could say the same thing about Bobby too. So God, I don't know what you do with this guy. I'm excited to see what they choose to do. But I don't think he can just come out and keep ruining matches. That's not that's not conducive to elevating him the way they've elevated him tonight. Yeah, I mean, it, like, and again, that's that. Like, it's it's hard to say because at this point, he's really only got the program with Seth, so to speak. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm. I mean, again, I'm. I'm. I don't. Th- I don't think. I don't think you're ready. You don't want to put him with Seth just yet. But I think I, I like your idea of maybe suspending him for a week or two just to say, hey, he's he's not going to be on the show. Kind of gives him a little bit of an out with Seth. But then you have him, you know, like attack Seth from behind, say after the pay per view or something like well, because that. Because that lets you that lets you clean up Seth and Bobby too. Yeah, ex- exactly. Right. That that's why the whole suspension thing came to my mind. So if we can clean up Seth and Bobby. And if we can, you know, because Ziggler will be injured, mm-hmm. right, out of this. So we can have Ziggler be injured. Theory's been suspended. Seth is going to give Bobby his shot because Bobby's going to keep hurting people until he does. Uh, Ali will have lost his match against Ricochet. So I don't know if he'll come back or not. Yeah, I I think having him suspended, you know, I I wish it would be longer than a week, but I think him being suspended for a week would be the way to go. Like he, I, I think for now, you you, you kind of have to get him out of the picture. Just and th- again, just to clean up some business, but right? keep but keeps him in the picture by the only reason he's not here is because he was so volatile. Yeah, that we couldn't trust him to be around anybody else without injuring them the way he did Ziggler, or something along those lines. But 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 again, I think. To have him around right now is messy. And I don't yeah. mean that in a bad way, but it's just you've got all these sort of these these balls in the air and it it, it it's a little crazy right now. And, and I think WWE needs to focus a little bit and then bring Austin Theory in after, 
right after say survivor series just make him more dangerous though make it yep. keep keep making him dangerous exactly there you go we've just booked the show but yeah i'm excited to see this like i mean i i again i love this evolution of this character and um you know i like the whole idea of, of the now thing and hopefully he you know continues evolving um and yeah i think i think i'm wondering if in the next let's say you know few months we do see that sort of that 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 austin moment or that becky lynch moment with austin theory somewhere you know what i mean the thing is they gotta they can't plan it too much no 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 of course not you know what i mean because whenever they try and plan it that's when it becomes the worst so mm, i'm just i'm going to wwe.com right now because i want to see if they've added any sort of uh storyline nothing about suspension or anything so maybe that's not maybe that's not the way they're gonna go but uh who knows they might not announce it till raw either right so they can sell tickets to whatever shows they got this week but yeah i don't know man i don't know yeah i mean it just it just happens so let's uh let's see what they say like in the next few days you know it'd be great next week uh, he's not on Raw. He's suspended, but he's holding a press conference and he's eating muffins. Oh, God. And, <laughs> and that's our show, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we went a little longer than usual, but hopefully you found it entertaining. And uh, if if it was too long for you, just blame Johnny Annoying. 31 I minutes. heard that. <laughs> <laughs>